Praise the Lord. Welcome to our Romans teaching right here in my office. I'm Pastor Curtis Hutchinson, Crossway Church, Queen City, Texas. Glad to be with you today. Glad to be in the Word today. And I know God's going to speak some powerful things to us today. As we are in chapter 6, this is part 6 of our chapter 6, our Romans teaching. I want to encourage you to go back to our YouTube channel, which is Curtis Hutchinson 316, and avail yourself to all uh, this teaching from chapter 1, verse 1, all the way up until today, chapter 6, verse 4. That's where we will be today. But uh, also on that same YouTube channel, there's the Galatians teaching that's ongoing that we are about to finish one or two more sessions on Friday mornings at 9 a.m. Central Time live on my Pastor Curtis Facebook page just like this. Uh, we'll be doing, and after we're through with our Galatians teaching on Friday mornings, coming up again within uh, one or two more sessions, I'm going to begin teaching on Friday mornings at 9 a.m. Central Time on the topic of righteousness. Going to start it's it, it, at the beginning and go through the Word of God. It's a powerful, powerful uh, a, a word, a powerful subject. And you're going to see why when you tune in and begin to hear God's Word uh, taught about righteousness. And uh, that's, that's, it's mentioned in the Bible 291 times, righteous or righteousness. That word uh, some way is mentioned 291 times and it's always tied to Jesus. So I'm encouraged. I'm looking forward. I've already started my studies. I've already got some things together. Looking forward to that. I'll let you know exactly when we'll begin that. But it will be on Friday mornings at 9 a.m. after we're through with the Galatians teaching. And uh, I want to just say thank you for those of you who do, the few of you who can tune in live every Monday and Thursday morning for this Romans teaching. I just thank God for that hunger and that zeal uh, that you have that you just can't get enough and you want to learn God's Word. And I want to say something about that word learning before we move on into this. You know, we, we, what we'll do this morning is we'll hear God's Word. We, we, the learning comes in the process of receiving and allowing the Holy Spirit to apply God's Word to our lives. We, 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 we leave church many times and say, wow, I learned something new today. No, you heard something new today. The learning comes into the application. Yes, part, yes, I, I agree. Part of the learning you have to hear, but really... The fruit doesn't come until the application comes. The proof that you've really learned is the fruit that you've accepted what you heard and it's bearing forth fruit. That's called God's Word prospering in your heart. Praise God. And that's the series that I'm teaching and preaching right now on Sundays and Wednesdays, the prosperity of our Lord. It's all there on YouTube uploaded and also we have a church app that you can get on your smartphone and uh, you know we also have a website, thecrosswaychurch.com and there you can, you can go and avail yourself to these same uh, messages uh, and, and everything we do here at Crossway Church. So avail yourself to that and I know some of you will as you're hungry to know the Lord more and more and to have more than just a, a church meeting going on. Praise God for those of you who are like that. And uh, I just wish uh, we could get everybody on board with these teachings, you know, uh, with these Romans teachings, the Galatians teaching, and, and, and just wherever the message of the cross is what's on display when the Word is taught and preached, there's where that 
path is going to shine more and more as God promised it would in Proverbs 4.18. So let's dig into this today. Romans chapter 6, part 6, here on the last day of February 2019. And uh, we're going to hear some good things today. And, and let's, let's remember before we dig into this today why we have this portion of Scripture we call chapter 6. Why is Paul writing what he's writing right here where we're studying? Here's why. Because there are folks attempting to continue in sin. They say so that grace may abound. If, if grace abounded, where sin abounded, grace did much more abound. Well, why don't we just keep living in sin so grace will just keep abounding? And that's a fleshly concept. That's a fleshly sinful thought to even have that uh, uh, to, to be frank with you because wherever sin is abounding grace cannot abound unless we allow grace which is God doing something to do what he desires to do and what we need him to do which is bring us out from that sin through faith in the cross that's called, that's called the place you get grace grace forgives and grace delivers grace doesn't just cover how many of you know God's not uh, ignoring sin? God's not overlooking sin. God only looks through the, His mercy at sin for the, at the sins of those who come to Him by faith in Jesus Christ for forgiveness and what He did at Calvary. How many of you understand that? God doesn't overlook sin. Grace is not God overlooking sin. Grace is God forgiving, being merciful and forgiving and delivering you from that sin. That's what chapter 6 is about. I hope you know that. It's the answer for no longer, no longer living bound in sin. Going to bed every night. For years, God forgive me, I know this is not right. God, sound like robots, and thank God we can ask for forgiveness, but we need to learn how to not only be forgiven, but to be delivered where that thing that's had dominion over us has to lose its power. And, and, and we know that it's possible because some of the things we used to do and be in the world, we are no more. I can't imagine myself holding a cigarette, yet I smoked for 17 years. I can't imagine myself popping a top on a Bud Dumber and trying to be cool in the party scene. But though I did it for many, many years, I've been delivered. God's grace forgave me, washed me clean, and delivered me. And here comes the good news. He keeps on delivering me. Because those are just the things that were evident on the outside. What about the envy, the jealousy, the strife, the, the malice, all the things that go on in the heart that nobody really knows but you and God except when they explode and everybody around you can see them. Come on now. Y'all know what I'm talking about. I'm talking about what we're studying in chapter 6 of Romans tells us how not to be bound in sin. How to allow grace to keep abounding and us walk in a place where we're free from the sin nature, where it no longer rules. Our flesh no longer has to rule. We, we've taught on that. We're about to finish Galatians, as I said. Chapter 5, Galatians teaches how you can be led of the Spirit, walk in the Spirit, and, and, and not be under law, the, the place where flesh rules. Come on now. 
So remember why we're reading this because people are saying, well, if, if, if grace abounds when sin abounds, when we might as well keep living in sin so grace can keep abounding. And that's the mindset even though it's not the ver- uh, verbal words that we use. How many times in your own Christian life have, have you just had a thought, well, I'll do this. I know God will forgive me. I'm going to go ahead and do this because I know I can be forgiven. Well, that's, that's the thought behind this. When God offers you the power to be delivered from the dominion of sin, where you no longer have to serve sin, the sin nature, but now you can serve righteousness. And that's taught in this sixth chapter. If you'll stay with us, we'll go all through it verse by verse over the next few however many days and sessions it takes. But you're going to love this if you're really looking for deliverance. And if you're a child of God, you don't want to live in sin. No Christian wants to live in sin. All Christians want to be delivered from sin. If that's not the case, then they're not really a Christian. Christians don't wake up and just want to sin and, and all day long. They want to be forgiven. They want forgiveness. How many people cry themselves to sleep at night crying out to God for help, wondering why he's not helping? Well, he has given us his help. He has sent his word. He has sent his word in the flesh, his son Jesus Christ, to do everything we need, but we've got to learn how to apply what it is he's given Amen. If, if, if you came from another country and you didn't know uh, anything about uh, 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 travel and you had to go 50 miles and you didn't have a vehicle and you absolutely knew nothing about anything with wheels on it and somebody gave you a bicycle, listen, if you don't know how to use that bicycle, you're liable to put it on your shoulder and walk down the road. Now, how stupid does that look, walking down the road with a bicycle on your shoulder that you could be riding and really gaining ground and not carrying a load that you, that should be carrying you. Come on, somebody. That's a good analogy right there. <laughs> Think about that. You and I as children of God, things don't just work out. We have to learn how they work out. If things just worked out, we wouldn't need to know anything in the New Testament except how to get saved. After that, we'd just live saved. We'd just all be holy and have holy fruit. There would never be a church split. We'd all just be loving each other. We wouldn't have to be told not to steal no more, not to lie no more, to love one another because it'd just be happening. But we have to learn what to do and we have to learn how to apply how to receive that which we've been offered freely through the sacrifice of Christ. And I'm just, I'm telling you this morning, you can live in victory over sin. We're going to always have to say, God, forgive me. I shouldn't have said it. I shouldn't have done it. I shouldn't be playing with those thoughts. God, help me. And he will. And you can find deliverance. If you understand chapter 6 of Romans, if you don't understand the 6th chapter of Romans, you will live in the bondage to the sin nature all your life. You can count on it. It's not Curtisology. It is Crossology. It's Theology. It's the Word of God. Hallelujah. Watch this now. Let's back up in verse 3, chapter 6, here in part 6 of our Romans 6 teaching. Know ye not that so many of us as were baptized into Jesus Christ were baptized into his death. 
Now here the Lord is talking about the, the avenue, the way by which we got into Christ means we were immersed into Him. It says we were baptized into Jesus Christ and it says we were baptized into His death. Water baptism plays no part in this. I've talked about that enough. If people just can't get that and they still think they're saved by what they do, which water baptism is something we do, then they're just, if they're not going to let go of what they do, then they're going to just have to stay under law where the flesh operates. The flesh only operates under law. You, you can't sow to the Spirit under law. The Spirit of God won't lead us under law, Galatians 5.18, if you think you could do something to be saved, then you're eliminating yourself all the days of your life from the grace of God. And that's all I'm going to say about that. And that's biblical, biblical teaching right there. We're saved by faith, by grace, through faith, not by works, lest any man come along and boast about it. And so... Praise God. So two baptisms there. Baptized, immersed into Jesus Christ. And how did that happen? Watch this. That being baptized into his death. Now we talked about that the last couple of sessions. So verse 4 this morning. Therefore, because we were immersed into his death while he was on the cross. Let me say that again. See, this is the reality of our salvation. This is the place we were baptized, immersed, placed into Jesus Christ at the cross. That's where you were found by God in Christ. Ephesians 1.4, God says He chose us in Him before the foundation of the world. Well, we're talking about the plan of God and that's what you need to begin to see. The plan of God. Not the church service, not the this, the that. You need to see and live according to the plan of God. Revelation 13, 8. God says in His Word, the Lamb was slain from the foundation of the world. The works were finished from the foundation of the world. God chose us in Him from the foundation of the world. Think about that. Yes, God had to put everything in motion. Christ had to come and die to be a manifestation that the works were finished and He declared it. And we had to choose Christ. We had to place faith. We had to believe upon Him that He's the Son of God, that He's the Lamb of God that came to take our sin away. And when we believed upon Him, the plan of God should unfold to your eyes. Behold, all things have passed away. Now all things have become new. You're in Christ and the way that you're in Him is by your faith in what He did for you at Calvary. That means dying for your sins. This is the way the whole plan of God will work for your life. Every step of the way, every step you run this race, when God saw legitimate faith, biblical faith, which was faith in the death of Christ. He gave you grace. What's that mean? We teach grace is God doing something for you, to you, through you, by you, for you. It's God functioning. God's grace is God functioning. The effectual working of God's Spirit. God's grace is God functioning, but He only functions through our faith. Think about that. God's grace is God functioning in our lives to what He does to us for us, by us, through us, by faith. Think about that. And when God saw our faith in Christ, in the death of Christ, 
for the atonement of our sins. He moved inside. He began a work in us, the Bible says. Because that was legitimate biblical faith in Christ. Means faith in his death. Remember, the entrance, the immersion, the baptism into Christ followed your faith in what allowed that baptism, his death. Think about that. Verse 4, therefore, because we're in Christ, because we've been immersed into Christ through being placed in his death, not some church building with a preacher, not some this or that, you, upon believing upon Christ, you were placed in him 2,000 years ago or thereabouts. When God saw his son dying for you, the representation by Christ that as the last Adam, God saw because of your faith in Christ, God also saw every believer being crucified with him. You understand Adam, you were in Adam in the Garden of Eden and when Adam and Eve sinned, God saw all of humanity in Adam and Eve as sinners. All of us. But when we believed upon Jesus Christ and what He did for us at Calvary, God saw all the believers in Him. And from the foundation of the world, again, Ephesians 1.4, there's where God chose us, in Him. You need to begin to live according to the plan of God, the mind of God, the way God sees things. Remember Noah, the Bible says in Genesis 6.8, Noah found grace in the eyes of the Lord. What does that mean? Because you know now what grace is, God functioning, God doing something. God had spoken to Noah. And Noah was able to hear God and, and, and by faith accomplish, or let me say it this way, God could accomplish in and through Noah, that's grace, what needed to be done. Because Noah was a man who had his faith in the sacrifice that had been long laid down by God as he rushed in the garden to give the promise of a coming Redeemer who would come as a substitutionary work through the sacrifice. God gave that, showed that to Adam and Eve, pronounced judgment on the devil there. And Noah believed in that. The proof of that is as soon as the ark set still, the flood was over, the ark hit dry ground, Noah got off the ark and built an altar and offered sacrifice. Noah found grace. He found the avenue through which God functions. That means through the sacrifice, through faith in a coming Redeemer, and he would offer the sacrificial lambs to show God his faith really is in the Lamb of God coming, the Redeemer coming. So think about that. Don't forget those things. And he says, therefore, we are buried with him by baptism into death. It's the baptism, the immersion into death that allows us to be buried with him. Think about that. Christ's burial, I got this here on my notes. This is really good to me. I hope you're getting something good today. Christ being buried is the proof he was dead put away. And the Bible here says, therefore, we are buried. We were put away with him. This is what most of the church does not know. That we were united together with Christ in his death. 
That's where the Holy Ghost placed you in Christ at Calvary. I know you're living some 2,000 years later, but the Bible also says right now that we were in Adam. The Bible says right now, as a born-again child of God, we are in Christ at the right hand of the Father. Right now. Again, maintain. You've been given the mind of Christ. You know the plan of God as a child of God. You should be learning the plan of God. We were here. We were there. We're already in Christ at the right hand of the Father in the plan of God. In the plan of God. In the way God sees things. You need to begin to live your life by grace. What God does in and through your life because what your faith being in Christ, that initial Grace that you received, which is the only avenue of grace. Jesus, by the grace of God, tasted death for all men. Hebrews 2 and 9. And that's the only avenue by which grace comes, by which God can function in your life. God's grace, again, you can't hear this enough. God's grace is God saving, God teaching, God healing, God providing. God doing anything He does among men is by grace through faith. You get out of that, you're in make-believe and pretend and witchcraft and voodoo and just men's psychological legalistic religion. It's by grace, that means what God does, through faith. It takes faith for God to function in and through and for man. And somebody said amen. Again, if you're outside of that process, you're just in a boatload of garbage that's sinking. Make-believe, witchcraft, voodoo. And it's all up in the church today in the pulpit. It's all up in the church today in the pulpit. I've heard men even say that as a lost person, you can take the Bible and God will begin to bless you based on what He said. No, listen, that's, if you don't know the teaching of God's Word, if you don't understand it, you'll believe stuff like that. Well, God's Word will bless anybody. Well, no, a lost man who's still under the dominion of the sin nature, who doesn't have the Spirit of God, cannot understand the things of God. And the lost man, that old sinful man, the sin nature controlled a man, listen, he can't be saved. He can't go to heaven. Listen, the sin man, the sin nature can't be saved. He has to be put to death. Crucified with Christ through faith in what he there did. Think about that. The old man cannot be saved, rehabilitated. He, listen, he can't even do a good work. He can start hanging. Listen, a lost man can come to church and start hanging around Christian people trying to mimic what they do. And of course... If you do what I do, you're going to get some of the benefits from doing what I do. But that don't mean it's God because you don't have the Spirit of God. Think about that. If you watch me and do what I do, you're going to have some good things happen to you. Well, what's going to happen on the judgment day? When you tell God, didn't I do this and didn't I do that? And He goes, I don't know who you are because God only knows those who have His Spirit. He only recognizes those who have His Spirit. Those who have been about His works. That's grace, not their works. Come on, somebody. Watch this. Therefore, we, 
Who's the we here? Those that by faith in Christ and what he did at Calvary have been immersed into him through immersion, baptism into his death. Therefore, we are buried with him. Come on, everybody say, with him, with him. That's right, with him. If you're buried with him, that means you're already in him. I want you to know when they put Christ in that tomb and rolled that stone up there, you were in him already. When he went into paradise and preached, mm, guess who was in him already? The whole church. We were in that last Adam, just like we were in the first Adam until we showed up and got born again. But now we're in the last Adam. We're in Christ. Think about that. We were buried with him. Means when they put him away, they put us away with him because we were already in him. Man, this is good stuff. Therefore, we are buried with him by baptism into death, not into some church, not into some tradition. We're buried with him because we were baptized, immersed into his death that like as Christ was raised up from the dead by the glory of the Father, even so we also should walk in newness of life. How many of you know Christ died for us? He's not still hanging on the cross. He was buried. We were, we, we were crucified with him. We were buried with him, but he's no longer in the grave. He was resurrected from the dead, raised from the dead, the Bible here says, by the glory of the Father. That means when Christ was raised from the dead on the third day, guess who was already in him? We're talking about in the plan of God, in the eyes of God, the way God sees his plan unfolding. You and I were in him, placed in him as he hang on the cross so that God could see his son dying for us and us, that old man that couldn't be saved, couldn't do a good work, couldn't go to heaven, couldn't be saved, had to die and be born again. And that experience happened through faith in the death, us being put away buried, and when Christ was resurrected by the glory of the Father, oh, you need to see it the way God sees it. You came out of that grave with him, in him, on the third day. Hallelujah. That Man, that'll make a mummy shout. Glory to God. If you'll grab a hold of this and begin to live your life according to the way God sees things, you'll be able to find victory over sin. You'll no longer be making excuses for your sin. And I'm going to share this. I've got about, uh, let me see, I've got about four minutes left. But let me say something about making excuses for our sin when we can be forgiven and delivered and walk in a place called here newness of life. The Bible says we should walk in newness of life because we've been raised from the dead. See, you need to quit thinking, well, I'm still here. You know, I'm just trying to make it till Jesus comes for me. You right now in the plan of God, in the eyes of God, before you, before this body lays down and you step off into the new body and the, I mean, the way things are going to be, right now you can walk in newness of life because you're in Christ and He's been resurrected. And the benefits through your faith in his death, allow you to walk in this newness of life. So I've got to say something about those who keep on talking about, well, we'll you know, I can just be forgiven and, you know, I guess it's going to be this way. And we make excuses as to why we're not walking in deliverance. And maybe 
Our excuses are because we've not known the way. That's why Paul says, know ye not? Don't you know? So let me go back. Romans chapter 2, we Gentiles, this is good stuff, make a note of it. We Gentiles, we're not born in the Jewish lineage under the law, learning the law, learning to quote the first five books called the Torah of the Bible by the time we were 12 and, and all these things. We were, but because, just because we're not born under the law doesn't mean we're not subject to the law. Think about that. Watch this. Romans chapter 2, verse 14 and 15, and this relates to you and me, Gentiles, outside the lineage of Abraham, outside the fleshly lineage of Abraham, Gentiles. Watch this. Romans 2, 14 and 15. For when the Gentiles, that's me, which have not the law, do by nature the things contained in the law, these having not the law are a law unto themselves. Watch which we show the work of the law written in our hearts. It's in your Bible right there, Romans 2, 14 and 15. Gentiles, not under the law being a Jew, but watch this. We show the work of the law written in our hearts, our conscience also bearing witness, and their thoughts the meanwhile accusing or excusing one another. This is how this works. As long as I'm making excuses for my sins... As long as I'm excusing your sin because it's benefiting me, but then one day comes along and I don't like you anymore. You've done something and that whatever that was you were doing, even though it was sinful, it was benefiting me, but now it's not benefiting me anymore. Now I'm going to go tell on you. See, that's what we do under the law. We tell on people. We condemn people. Or we condemn ourselves. Or we excuse ourselves. All that happens under the law. But under grace, we no longer make excuses for sin and we sure no longer say that if, if grace abounds where sin abounded, then let us keep living in sin so grace can keep abounding even more. See, that mindset is under the law. That, that's where I said at the very beginning that thought comes from the flesh that operates under law. We excuse sin or we condemn others or condemn ourselves of sin. But under grace, we're free from sin. And we need to see, I hope you've gotten this out of this half hour teaching today that you can begin to look at, the, at, at your life in Christ, your victory, your, your walk with the Lord, the way God sees it and not the way everybody else sees it or you've seen it in the past. You need to see what God has given you to see with the eyes He's given you to see it. You need to be looking at what God says and what God says is how we should live because that is living by faith. Faith comes by hearing and hearing by the Word of God. This half hour teaching today has blessed me. I hope it's blessed you. Share the the broadcast with someone. Let them know every Monday and Thursday at 8.30 a.m. Central Time. We're live right here. If you're not able to watch it, it's uploaded on my YouTube channel, Curtis Hutchinson 316. God bless you. We love you. And until next time, stay determined to know nothing but Christ and Him crucified. God bless.